0: But today, we are going to be focusing on the second pillar of our vision, which is transforming communities. And our speaker tonight is Michael Trainer, who has been on team uh, for a little while. I stole lots of his thunder this morning, uh, and I'm going to do it again. Michael is amazing. Uh, we love Michael. Uh, he's been working with us for a while. And he initially came to kind of strategically, I guess, head up uh, some of our Young Life staff and our outreach, uh, community outreach stuff. And um, uh, and and about nine months ago, he kind of uh, sort of really stepped into a kind of a much more of a senior role, kind of leading the charge in that stuff. And and Michael is amazing. He brings so many gifts uh, and amazing qualities, spurring us uh, on in this whole area of transforming communities. And and uh, and excitingly, in the summer, uh, Michael and his wife Natasha they actually moved on site. Uh, Michael's role was part time. It's now. More than full time. And uh, Michael has also taken on kind of the, the site management piece here, the facilities management piece. You know, you'll look around and you see what an amazing site we have a church, a crypt, SPS house over there, four stories of amazing space, the gardens. You know, what an amazing resource that God has blessed us with to bless our community. And so, uh, so Michael is intrinsic in running and stewarding that uh, with us. So, can we hear a massive uh, appreciation for Michael as he comes to speak to us tonight?
1: Thanks, Phil. Well, oh, good morning. Well, that's half of my preach uh, gone already. Um, now, it's great to be here this morning. I, yeah, I am Michael. We've been here uh, nearly two years now. I've been on staff for one. And about six months ago, my role started to develop, as Phil said. So I often wear a lot of different hats. Um, I'm kind of on the management team looking after young life stuff. So sometimes you might speak to me with a youth hat on. You'll definitely see me sweeping leaves and painting walls, Um, but today I want to speak to you with my Transforming Communities hat on as I think about the overall picture of Transforming Communities in our church. And uh, last week was really great with Mark uh, speaking to us about making disciples, and I just wanted to lift and take forward three thoughts from what he shared as we look today at at Transforming Communities, because obviously they're very closely linked in. Uh, One of the things, one of the gems I thought he shared was just a a throwaway comment at the start, which is that Jesus calls us into a life of movement. I think that's such a powerful thought to think about, that we're not called to stay still, we're called to be in a life of movement. And that's important for two reasons, number one, for theological reasons, and number two, because I can never stop moving around stage when I talk. So I apologize if that's distracting to you. Um, One other thing that might distract you is I am Scottish. Despite my accent, that is where I'm from. One piece of feedback I've been given previously is that I liked your preach, but I couldn't hear any of it because I was just trying to work out where your accent is from. So if you've not heard me speak before, I am from Scotland. I don't know why I sound like this. So we're called into movement. And uh, one other thing that Mark spoke about, he he touched on this idea in Matthew 28 of making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and um, he talked about the word translated as nations being, let me get it right, I'll get in trouble, ethne uh, in the Greek, meaning a race or a nation, or as Mark used, a tribe. And we want to be thinking, he said, about our tribes, about all the people who have invested in us and all the people that we might invest in, uh, in discipling. But I also want to think and bring forward that concept of a tribe today as we think about what tribes are our communities, what tribes do we find ourselves in in our day-to-day life. And Mark also said, this is the third thing I want to bring forward, that one of the things that qualifies us to speak to all tribes is that the thing that identifies us as Christians above all else is Jesus. We might see other tribes and think, oh, I don't, have anything to relate to that person, there's no way I can communicate any truth to them. But actually, we are all together because Jesus identifies as number one, and that empowers us to go forward and speak into anyone's situation. So we're thinking about transforming communities today, but we're bringing forward from last week this concept of movement, being called into movement, this concept of different tribes and communities. We're asking ourselves, what's my tribe, what's my community? and that we are qualified to speak to all communities because of Jesus. So let's crack into transforming communities. I love justice. I don't know if you love justice, I love justice. I don't know why I love justice so much. I think it might be because I'm the youngest of four children. I was vaguely bullied, like all youngest children are, by my brothers and sisters. And I would love tattling on my brothers and sisters. Uh, just like all, all the oldest brothers and sisters in the room are like, Ugh, I hate that guy. Uh, and all the youngest ones are like, yeah, that's right. Um, I remember one time my sister bit me so hard it left teeth marks in my hand. She took my hand, she put it in her mouth. She bit it down on it really hard. It was very painful, but it was a moment of glory because I had proof. And I ran to my mum and I said, look at my hand. My sister bit me. Laura bit me. And uh, I am sure that I was being very annoying as the youngest, but I knew that no matter how annoying I was being, it was worse for her to bite me. Even as a three-year-old, I knew that Justice said that it's worse to bite your brother than to annoy your sister with what you say. (laughs) I love Justice. Um, When I was four years old, uh, I started primary school, and I have a very, very strong, vivid memory of the first week. In the back of the classroom, they had all these different shapes of bricks for counting, learning to count. But they also had these tiny little plastic toys. They were like little cars. And um, they were a bit like you know, Christmas crackers, the rubbishy ones. I mean, they're great, but they would have the tiny little molded piece of plastic toy inside. There were those. They were also for counting, and I loved those. I coveted them for a couple of days, and then I decided I'm just gonna take one. I'm gonna take one home, it's gonna be mine forever, and I can enjoy this tiny plastic car. And the shame when I got home. I remember lying awake at night, like knowing that it was in the trouser pocket of my school trousers. And the next day, I couldn't live with myself. I had it in my pocket, and it felt it felt like a boulder in my pocket. It was the smallest. I, I genuinely remember this. It was the smallest piece of plastic, but it felt I felt the weight of it. And I remember going back to the classroom waiting for break time because we didn't usually go to that area of the classroom trying to not be seen. And worrying so much, my heart beating in my chest, that as I try to return this car that I'll be caught returning it and then they'll know that I've stolen it. Oh gosh, I had a very strong feeling of what was right and what was wrong at a very young age. And I love justice. There's nothing that gets my goat, as they say, quite as much as injustice when I see it around. And you probably love justice too. Um, There's lots of great videos on YouTube. I spend way too much time on YouTube, Natasha will attest, um, called Instant Karma Videos. I don't know if you've ever heard of an instant karma video. It's a video where someone does something stupid or illegal or irresponsible, and they immediately feel the results of it. One sticks in my mind, a guy breaking into a shop, and he takes a brick, it's on a CCTV camera, takes a brick, launches it at the window to try and smash the window, bounces back, hits him in the head, knocks him out cold, lying there in the street, police come along because someone's called, arrest the guy while he's still unconscious. Incredible. Instant justice. Oh, it's just, I don't know what it is about it, but it's so cathartic. I love it. There's a really famous now guy uh, in America called uh, Judge Frank Caprio. He's um, a judge. I don't know if you've seen these viral videos. They're called Caught in Providence. For 20 years, he um, he televised these small claims courts, like traffic violations, etc. Then a few years ago, a couple went viral, and he got over 36 million views. And now it's a nationally syndicated program in the U.S. And just this guy dishing out justice, and he's like really. Really charismatic and really fair, and it's just, it's really pleasing to see justice be met out, but also fair and like loving justice. And often, people, he gives them a break when actually the circumstances are such that it wasn't really their fault. Anyway, there are hundreds of stories where, and millions of movies probably, where um, the good guys get the bad guys, and the bad guys get their. They make them pay. We love to see justice meted out in this world. And I love it, you love it probably, and that's because in my opinion, it's fundamental to who we are. And that's the point I'm getting at. My love of justice, your love of justice is fundamental. It's implied in the very first moment of Scripture that talks about our existence. We're going to look together inexplicably at page 3 of the church Bibles for Genesis chapter 1. If you can't find it, it's on page 3 for some reason, not page 1, but we'll get there. Genesis 1, 27 will probably be up up on the screens as well. Oh, oh, I spoke too soon. It's actually on page 4 of the Bible. There we go. It says, So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God created human beings. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Pretty famous. Chances are you've heard it before. You might not have. God created all of mankind in His own image. He created us all the same, all equal, all created for a relationship with Him. Created equal from the outset. It's so, it's very clear to us when things are not equal. It's very obvious, I don't need to really tell you this, but I'm telling you it anyway, when things are not equal in this world. And things are not equal in this world. Shocker. <laughs> Whoa, Drop the mic. Um, things are not equal in this world. We know, and in biblical history as well. The biblical history, or our world history, could easily be mankind. And then subtitle. Redefining good and evil for ourselves to use to our advantage to make some people lesser so we can be greater. Catchy title. We could be, we could, I could preach, we could all preach for hours on all of the innumerable ways the world is not equal. We know that it's an unjust place. And we know we won't turn to it, but Romans 8, if you want to read it later, write it down in your notes, all you furious scribblers, I see you. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> Romans 8, for later, the world is not as God intended it to be. It is not a just place. And we've probably heard before Jesus' call to equality. And we're going to look at that in Matthew 22. We're doing all the hits today. If you want to turn to Matthew 22, you're welcome to do that. But it will also be on the screen. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40 says this, well, context, Jesus has just silenced the Sadducees who are giving him difficult questions, and a Pharisee tries to challenge Jesus with another difficult question, really well-known verse, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, quite simply, if I love my neighbor as I love myself, then I treat my neighbor, at very least, as my equal. At very least as my equal. That is, if I don't choose to press on to Paul's writing, Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourself. very least value people as equal if not above ourselves. We as humankind are made uniquely in the image of God called to love one another as equals just as Jesus died for us all equally. So nothing massively groundbreaking yet but important to remember and important to remind myself I wanted to take just a moment to think about what kind of justice are we called to meet out ourselves, to deliver. If we think about this brick through the window guy, so satisfying, we would call that retributive justice. Something, someone does something wrong and they receive a punishment for that. Sadly, as much as we like to see it on TV and in movies, it's not something we're generally called to meet out ourselves. Retributive justice is not something the Bible calls us to deliver. Um, we won't look at these, but trust me, they are there. And if you want to write them down, Deuteronomy 32:35 says that avenging is God's business. In Romans 12:17 to 19, we're told not to repay evil with evil, and to leave room for God's wrath. Romans 13 goes on in verses 1 to 6 and says that we should submit to earthly authorities, that those who were put there by God to bring about. This retributive justice. And it calls us to do right so much as we can so that we can be free from the fear of that authority. So, as much as we enjoy seeing that immediate form of retributive or retributive justice m- doled out, it's not something we're particularly called to be involved in unless you're a judge here, which is cool. Um, what the Bible really calls us to be involved in is restorative justice. It's going a step further. It's seeking out the vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. It's taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and to change social structures that prevent injustice happening in the first place, to prevent it happening in the first place. And this idea is all over the Bible, but it can be far more challenging than retributive justice. Retributive justice, instantaneous, If you were just allowed to go around arresting everybody you wanted to, well, the world would probably be chaotic, but it would be immediate. But actually, restorative justice is about investing in people. It's about advocating for change in our world. It's about going outside our comfort zones. It's about making other people's problems my problem. That's difficult. That's really hard. But I want to encourage you. That, even though it's hard, acting justly and advocating for this retribute, no, restorative justice prepares the way for the Word of God, for the good news of Jesus. We're going to look one more place, stay in Matthew. We're going to turn back 10 chapters to Matthew 13. Again, all the hits today. We're looking at the parable of the sower, which I'm sure. You will be familiar with page 925 in the Church Bible. Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9, and then we'll skip forward a few verses, 20 to 23. It says this, Matthew 13, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Jesus goes on then to talk about some other parables, but comes back around at verse 20 to talk about the meaning behind this one. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Amen. So, how is it that this good news of Jesus falls so differently on different people? when we were all created equal and equally created to have a relationship with God. Well, one area which is totally beyond the scope of this talk is free will, of course. We can have a conversation with that after church, if you like. But I think it's also really worth thinking about how a person's life experiences, the life they've had, the world that they have personally grown up in, affect and change how fertile they are as soil, how deep roots can take place, can take root in their lives, and how many thorns are waiting to choke out the good growth. Has that person suffered at the hands of injustice and inequality? Have they had to fight tooth and nail to overcome inbuilt societal injustice in this world? Or have they become cold-hearted? never thinking how much of an impact Jesus might have on their lives because they benefit from the injustice in this world, because they're in a privileged position and have no need. Our call to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to love all people all people equally as they are equally created in God's image is the very thing, maybe the very thing, that creates fertile soil in the lives of those around us, of the lives of the people in our communities, in our tribes. It's always valuable and important to work for social justice regardless of if those seeds ever take root in people's lives and we will, we advocate for that. But it may be the very thing that makes a difference. So, we're all made equally. We're called to equally love. We are called to invest in social justice and in transforming the communities around us to create a fertile place into which we can plant the seeds of the good news of jesus how can you be involved this is the exciting bit i mean it's all exciting obviously i'm up here it's great you're having a great time but this is the really exciting bit i want to give you a little bit of an idea highlight a couple of the ministries and just talk about some of the new things that may be happening in the coming terms if you want to get involved And I speak here like Mark did last week as someone who has come in here relatively new and is kind of trying to celebrate and reflect back to you the amazing things that you are doing. It's not like I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all this cool stuff. Do you want to come and get involved? You as a church have been incredibly just obediently worshiping God and putting Him first and transforming the communities. And I'm just here to advocate for the work that's happening. So get excited with me as we talk about some of these things. Tower Tots. Woo! Every Wednesday and Thursday, we have more than 80 families together in a week come into this church, into this very room, and they have a space that is regular in their week. They build up relationships. They come and just have friendships. They have an amazing hospitality welcome, we've been investing in that ministry we've got some new soft play which is so fun i would love to play on it i need to make some time in my week for that but it's a very small and dedicated team that makes tower tots happen and tower tots will continue to happen because the mums who are there will get stuck in and help set up and everything else but we want people who are free at that 10 till 12 on a wednesday or thursday to come and have conversations invest in the community 80 or more families in this community coming into this place and families who go on to do incredible things who come to our community events who come to um shadwell dinner which is now the 4 p.m that nathan and nita so so uh, amazingly and faithfully invested in there's so many things that they've gone into family courses everything else and that only happens through conversation. We can invite those people into Alpha. We can invite those people into all these other things, but we need people there who might be free, might want to invest, and might be available to have amazing conversations with the people. Growth Night Shelter. Growth Night Shelter is amazing. If you don't know, although you most likely do, Growth Night Shelter happens for usually around seven months throughout the year. A growth. Offices are located in the building across the way, and we will be hosting Thursday nights again for the homeless guests of Tower Hamlets, people who have been referred, coming and staying. They stay in a different church throughout the week, and we just love to invest in them. uh, Night shelter is starting on Thursday the 3rd of October, so really soon. It's moving forward a month this year. And last season, here's some numbers for you. Growth ran for seven months with the help of over 450 volunteers like you. They made 3,075 spaces for beds, 6,150 hot meals, 139 homeless men and women given shelter. 50 of those assisted into permanent accommodation. 50 of those assisted into permanent accommodation and 41 assisted into further temporary shelter. It doesn't happen without you. So let's have a whoop. And it obviously doesn't happen without Jesus. Zoe, thank you. But we need people to be involved in that. On the evening sessions, generally speaking, we do it with our groups, our community groups. Speak to your leaders, give them a push if they haven't emailed back. Say, are we doing night shelter this year? Um, But we always need people who are gonna sleep over, and we need people who are gonna come and make breakfast in the mornings. So please, speak to me or speak to any member of the team, but especially me, because they'll just send you to me anyway. and come and speak to us. Martineau Estate Outreach. We've been doing an outreach activity on the estate across the highway for over a year now. When we started, it was a youth outreach, playing some football, doing some music stuff with them. It was a handful of young people. Every week now, 60 plus young people are coming to that outreach, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. Partnering with XLP, and we're ready to launch again this Thursday, but we want more. We want to think about how we're providing outreach opportunities for the young women in our area. There's lots of boys there, not so many young women, but we need people who are going to champion that and get involved. We want to do another expression on a Wednesday doing exercise. Again, not the easiest time to make, 3 till 5 p.m. on a Wednesday or a Thursday. But if you are available or if you know anyone who is available, it's really exciting. Quick fire nine amazing community events throughout the year with thousands of people coming through the church katie taylor what a legend she does so much to organize those yeah come on she does so much to organize those events and obviously so many of you are involved because katie's amazing at building team around her um so that's amazing 2600 people came to our london marathon party last year this year i'm already in next year's mode which is incredible, 2,600 people. We're in conversations with St. Anne's Church Custom House about working in partnership to deliver Alpha in prisons. Our nearest prison, Isis Prison in Thamesmead. We've got a training day scheduled in, Saturday the 14th of December, 9.30 till 4.00. If you are interested in Alpha in prisons, we're gonna partner with a number of other churches in East London and get into that prison in the very near future to spread the good news about Jesus so and as we've heard alpha is an incredible tool and as we know we've got our new fortnightly 4 p.m service like i touched on earlier grown from a number of other outreach ministries and it's incredible speak to gareth and michelle about the 4 p.m happening fortnightly Charlotte and I are looking to reinvigorate the community garden, which has, again, been an incredible expression, people being fed from it, people building community from it. Next week, I'm meeting with the First Love Foundation, which is the charity we partner with for food bank, to see how we can partner with them better, because we have some donations coming in, but we want to make it really fly. We want to see people in our community fed, and they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. I could easily speak for 20 minutes on each one of these things and so many other things I haven't touched on. You are doing incredible work in your community. You really are. But it happens only because of you, only because of God, and we need your support not only to be involved but to pray. Please pray for all these things. So remember, the one take-home thing for today because I've just thrown so much information at you. And I apologize for that, not at all. Because someone has to do it, and it's amazing, and it's worth celebrating. But if we are a church that believes in participation, one of the five Ps of our values is participation. Every member in ministry, how are you going to serve and see the community transformed to treat all people equally and love them equally as we are equally called to be? Knowing God and God's love. I have sign-up sheets. Old school. I wrote this message on paper. I'm so old school. But I also have a sign-up sheet on paper. And I want to challenge you, if you are excited, if you are interested, if you are in any way um, stirred up by anything you've heard about today. Or if you're like, hey, you know that thing we used to do? Do we still do that? Because maybe we do, and I just don't have time to tell you about it today then come and speak to me after the service. I'm gonna be at the back with these. Katie's gonna be with me, thank you, Katie. And we would love to speak to you about anything you might get, like to get involved in. Or if you wanna dob in your mates and say, you know what, I think that Ollie would be really good at uh, at that uh, prison ministry, just saying. Get him out of the house, you know. Um, then obviously we're not gonna say, oh, that person said you will do this. But we might say, oh, Have you, did you know that the church is doing this? Would you be, we're not gonna like say, assume that they wanna be involved. So if you do genuinely know someone who might be interested, let us know and we will skillfully and carefully approach them in a sensitive way. (laughs) Thank you. So please do come and see us. And the last thing I wanna talk about is your tribes, we're doing a lot of amazing things in and near this area. But you have your tribes, you have your communities, you are living in your communities, and we as a church want to empower and inspire you to get involved in what we're doing, especially in those ministries that would be difficult to do yourself. Just walk into prison and be like, hey, you heard about Jesus? Probably not gonna work so well, but as a group, we can get somewhere. But you are in your communities and we want to empower you to reach people where you are at, in your communities, at home, at work, wherever you find your tribe to be. So we are committing to do a piece of work around that. We have a group meeting together who are kind of a sharing group of people who are really passionate about transforming communities. Sarah, Allison, and I, and some others who have been invited are meeting together, and we're sharing information because we've got some incredibly gifted and experienced people in this congregation, way more experienced than me, but we are going to pick all their brains, and we want to put together a kind of transforming communities pack for you. Just some thoughts, some big thoughts, some small thoughts, thoughts, can't speak anymore, some ideas that you might try in your own spaces. I mean, in the meantime, while we're putting that together, try just saying, hey, I was at church on the weekend and see how far that gets you. Uh, It's quite a powerful way of opening up conversations. So we're committing to empowering and equipping you, and we would love your input in all it is that we're continuing to do and have done, and we thank God for it. Pray with me, please. Lord, just thank you for all that you have done to restore us to know you and that you have called us into relationship with you, that you made us equal and that you love us equally. We pray that we would go forward from this place and be challenged and think about ways in which we can work as agents of good in this world around us to bring about more equality, more love, more social justice, and more restoration in this world. We thank you for all those who will get involved in what we are doing, and we thank you for all those who will pray into it, because we know we don't want to go anywhere unless you are leading, and it is all for your glory and for your kingdom. Protect us now as we consider and prayerfully think about what we might get involved in, and go before us. In Jesus'
0: name we pray, amen.